0: You know, if, you, if you're like me, you you did a, a dance of joy when the when the rain came these past couple of days. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, yesterday when it was coming down, I was like, oh, this is great. I, I think I could hear my grass, all my shrubberies and the flowers singing the hallelujah chorus. I mean, it was just beautiful. And one time I looked out into the backyard and the rain had stopped. It was, there was a law, And I look out there and there were dozens and dozens, if not a hundred, of those dragonflies, or or, you know, or flies, they call them. You know, the four-legged in, or four-winged in insects. I mean, they were just buzzing around about six inches off the ground, just to just to go in. I mean, it was it was beautiful. They were they were so happy for the rain as, as well. Now, did you know that there are over? I didn't know this. I had to look it up. There's over five thousand different kinds of dragonflies or, or damselflies, or these four winged insects, five, 5,000. I think it was like more like 5,500. There are, and I wrote a few of these down. There's the blue dasher, the flame skimmer, the meadow hawk, the sea page dancer. That's just to name a few. These are just, they're, they're just, the names are just incredible. And I have this morning. In fact, I have it in this jar right here. This one I caught yesterday. It's very rare. Um, I, well, I want to show it to you. This, this guy right here took me a while to catch him, but it's called the invisible glider. <laughs> I mean, look at this dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bethany, come here. Look at this. Come, on, come over here a second. I'm going to put you on the spot again. What, tell me. here. Wait, careful. Careful. Tell me about that. What do you, what do you see there? He's flying pretty... Uh. Hmm, is he really in there? No. How do you know? I mean, <laughs> There's nothing in there. No. But it's an invisible glider. What? <laughs> I mean, I don't see anything. Don't say, well, uh, well, thanks for that. I'm going to set him over here. Y'all can, y'all can check him out. Yeah, I won't let him out. I will tell you a story when my... When I, was, when I was young, we used to have fireflies. Grew up in Lake Jackson. Fireflies would come out a certain time of the year. I got a jar like that, and I filled them up, filled it up with fireflies. And sometimes during the night, I snuck into my parents' room and undid the lid and just set it there. <laughs> the next morning, they're like, hey, do you know anything about the fireflies in the house? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, actually, if you had to figure this out, there's no such thing as an invisible glider dragonfly. That's not one of the 5,000 species. I didn't catch it. There's, that jar is, it is invisible because there's no such thing as an invisible glider. And just and in the same way, there's no such thing as an invisible faith. There's no such thing. True faith, genuine faith is, is a visible faith. It's a visible faith. It's active. It's moving. It's responding. It's doing. This brings us to our the, the focus uh, today. Faith in motion is a visible faith. It is a visible faith. Last week, we began our sermon series seeing that a, a faith in motion is a it's a tested faith. God allows the the trials, the, the difficulties, the challenges that we face. Life presses in, and God allows those things because He's at work. He He's not He wants us not to just remain static. He He wants to grow us in our faith. And so He allows these things. The scripture said in first in that first chapter of James that it produces something. It produces steadfastness. And that steadfastness or endurance has, I mean it continues to work. in our hearts and in our lives stirring our faith and it makes us complete the scripture says and perfect it's making us more and more like jesus a tested faith is a faith in motion that makes us more like jesus well tested faith is like is like that but now a visible faith the scripture says that 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 our faith is more, it it cannot be something that's, that's hidden. It's, it's active. It's, it's in motion and it's, others can, can actually see it. So if you have your Bibles, I want us to jump back in. We're going to close out James chapter one. James is toward the end of the end of your Bible in the back. If you're using, if you're using one of the Bibles there in the pew, one of those black Bibles you can find James in our passage on page 1011. And we're going to be hanging out in this last section, beginning in verse 18, and we'll go through verse 27. Now, when you're studying the Word, anytime you're reading the Word or spending time in the Bible, you always want to try and look for uh, similarities or, or repetition. So as you're reading, if you see a word just repeated, you're like, huh, ding, 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 ding. ding. A little antenna goes go up it's like, hey, this must be important. For example, the word trial or test. These words are mentioned four times in the first 12 verses. So you look at it and you're like, hey, this is about trials and testing. He's trying to make a point here. It gives us a clue that James wants to encourage us when we feel bombarded and when life gets messy and difficulties press into our lives. Well, in our passage today, if you, just, if you were to just glance through this, there's references all throughout here to God's Word in these, just these nine verses. The implanted Word, verse 21. The Word, verse 22. And again, The Word, verse 23. The perfect law. Law is another name for God's Word. The perfect law, verse 25, and then also there in verse 25, the law of liberty. And along with these five references to God's word, just right up before our passage here um, is, uh, actually in verse 18, is, is the word of truth. So what James is doing, you can look at this like, hey, he's talking about God's word and how it gets into our lives and, and stirs up our faith. A faith in motion is what James is saying. A faith in motion is a is a visible faith in response to God's word. If I were to just sum this passage up, that's what I would say. A faith in motion is a visible faith in response to God's word. And this is how this is how a faith in motion works. We, We hear the word, right? We hear the word. We trust the word. And that word moves us into obedience to the word. I saw this picture uh, yesterday as I was studying. It's, it's, it's very similar to this. You, look at this picture. It's this, this. If you're a mom or dad, you remember these moments. I did it with all my kids. You know, they're teaching them to, to swim. And there comes that moment, whether you're out in a lake or at a pool, they're standing there on the edge. You're in there. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody been there? And you're like, come on, jump. And they're like, you know, they get up to the edge, and they it's like, uh, come come on, jump, jump. I got you. I'll catch you. Don't worry. Trust me. What about sharks? I just saw Shark Week, Dad. No, there are no sharks here in Trinity Bay, just alligators. No, you wouldn't say that. No, I, I got you. I got you son, trust me, I'm going to catch you, jump. And ultimately, the son hears his dad's voice, he trusts his dad, and he responds. He jumps. And I bet you right there. I mean, I remember it so vivid. All my kids, you know, they jump, and what do you do? I mean, you don't go, whoop, (laughs) gotcha. (laughs) you, You don't do that. They jump, you grab them and spin around. I mean, it's is—it's a sweet thing. And friends, that's what God wants to do with us. We want to hear his voice. We want to trust him. And then we want to jump. How many of you ready to jump? You ready to jump? Anybody out there ready to jump? All right, let's do it. A faith in motion, first. A faith in motion receives the word humbly. A faith in motion receives the word humbly. Look at verse 19. This is really where we're starting. James 1, verse 19. Said, he writes, Know this, my love, my beloved brothers, and included in that word is sisters. My beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So here James he's beginning this passage with three commands. I mean he's laying it out here for us. Three commands right off the bat and these commands they focus upon communication and and relationship. See our faith isn't something that that just lives in isolation. We do faith together. We 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 are a body and so we live out our faith. There are no lone ranger Christians who do in their faith. I, I knew a guy say, well, I'm, I'm kind of private with my faith. I I do my faith on my on in the truck on my way to work." And I'm like, "Well, that's I mean, I'm, I'm glad you do, but that's that can't be the 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 whole encompassing aspect of your faith. You got to we're we're a body you need we need you and others need you as well a faith in motion touches the lives of others and not only is it going to touch the lives of others we're going to see later in this passage that it that it impacts it touches engages those who have have great need now remember context is king right context is king as we look at the scripture and and have we already we have just noticed this the repetition of god's word and so this passion this this passage is overlaid with with um not just our relationships but our relationships lived out within the word of god now hang on if you're like okay what in the world is he talking about there relationships in god's word we're gonna this is where we're unpacking this so here we're going to be wise to see that that these three these three commands they are connected both to relationships and they're connected to God's word. It's it's all encompassing. First James says we're to be we're to be quick to hear. Quick to hear. Literally it means hurry up and listen. Hurry up and listen. When we come to God's word, we do we come to to listen and hear what God wants us to wants us to wants to say to us I mean are we anxious? are we excited about coming to this word quickly like God speak into my into my life? imagine for a moment if um i mean just just imagine with me if Jesus actually walked in the back door and he came in and I and we, re, we looked there and somehow we all recognize that's that, that's Jesus and he comes and has a seat right there you know I'm up here I'm like what do you think I'm going to do? Well, first of all, you would probably say, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you let Jesus, yeah, let, let, let Jesus come on up here and preach. And I would be like, yes. And so imagine Jesus, I, st- I sit down there, I'm like, man, I want to hear what he has to say. And he makes his way up here, and, he, and he, my Bible is still here, and he, he, he picks it up, and he says, says something like, hey, everything that I want you to know about me and God, I've put it in this book. It's all right there. My words for you, right here. And he sets it down and he walks out the back. Friends, that is exactly what God, he's given us. This is his word. Jesus' word to us. Jesus isn't just the red letters. Jesus, the son of God, is all in the scripture. This is is his word to us. This this book is, it's more than just a bunch of stories, and it is, it is living. It is what, what he wants to do. It has everything that we need for life and godliness. It's all here. It, it's the answer to all our questions. It is our hope. It gives us our instructions, how to live out our lives. It's all we need. You know, when Jesus speaks, we want to hurry up and listen. We want to be quick to hear so even this morning as we read the word when we gather you gathered earlier in our life groups to study the word we're here we're expounding on the word and preaching i mean do you believe that that jesus is speaking to you not me not not my words but his words may through us as your your life group leaders have expounded on it and we're reading it and your your hearts opened up are you ready to receive what jesus has to say to you humbly jesus is here in the word and he wants to speak to us let's come to him and let's be quick to hear and you know the same is true in our relationships we you know we we uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago the importance of listening to others, especially when somebody has a, a great need and they're coming to you and, and seeking out um, maybe guidance or help or support from you. And when others share their needs with us, what do we do? We should listen. We should listen with great care and and we should seek to understand what they're what they're going through and what they're trying to communicate with us. And we have to guard against the temptation of jumping in and and giving advice and expressing our opinion too quickly. We just need to to listen, listen and seek to understand. I think that's why James tells us next to be slow to speak. Be quick to hear, slow to speak. Again, we get all this backwards. We're slow to listen and we're quick to speak, and that gets us in trouble. It gets me in trouble. We like to interrupt and interject. We're quick to become defensive, and then we get offensive. Wait a minute. Are you, are you saying? now? come on. And then we, we go, right? We think that we're right and the other person is wrong, and that the best thing that we can do is to convince them and show them that they're wrong. We see it all in the world today. Turn the news on, it's all about that. Look at the politics, it's all about that. Who's right and who's wrong and arguing. And mm. In the Bible, there was a man named Job. He had, he had some great need. He had some devastating things happen in his life. He had a couple of friends that, that showed up and um, I guess to console him. But you turn to the book of Job and you Job there's a lot that he says in the book of Job. He, he shares his struggles and how he's trying to work through all this. And then his friends, rather than really listening to him, they just jump in and they start like, Man, dude, you you must have done something. I mean, you gotta have sinned somewhere. God wouldn't do this. He's punishing you. Man, what have you done? You just need to repent. And they just go on and on. They're just they I oh like did you, are you hearing Job? Man, this guy guy has lost his family he's lost everything and you're here pointing the finger at him and telling him man you have sinned get right with god at the end of uh well it's not in verse chapter 16 job ends up calling them miserable comforters isn't that crazy they're chapter chapter 16 verse 1 they are miserable comforters you know friends i've i've been that before Somebody comes to me and I start sharing. I've, I've had to work on this because I, I like to just jump in there and start, you know, giving answers. I don't know why. It's just part of who I am. And you start, you know, my wife comes. and like, well, hey, let me, I'm a fixer. Hey, let me fix this. Here's how you do it. Rather than just listening, trying to understand, getting into her world. And lastly, James here, that third one, he says, we're to be slow to anger. Slow to anger. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and now slow to anger. Anger comes when our, when our expectations go unmet. It's usually born out of our own pride and sense of self-righteousness. We put ourselves up on the pedestal and we expect others to, to respond to us in certain ways. And when they fail to do it like we expect, we get mad. We get angry. That's why James, I think, he goes on in verse 20. He says, for the, angry, the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. How can the righteousness of God be formed in us, produced in our lives when we're so self-righteous in our ways? James says that we are to put off these, he calls them filthy, filthy, dirty characteristics and put on something different. James, he's painting this picture like we've got on this dirty, matted, nasty coat. And he says, put that off. Take that off. And we, we discard that. And then he gives us, a, God gives us a fresh, clean, beautiful coat. The righteousness of, uh, of God. We're to put that on. Replace it. Replace it with what he's saying here. The, uh, replace it with meekness, gentleness. Humbleness found in the implanted word of God that James says has the power to save us, to save us. To, you know, we were saved when we, when we accept Christ, we are saved completely. But we are still in the process of being saved, becoming more and more like Jesus, and one day we'll be fully saved. Right now we're in that in-between. We keep working. He's, he is working in us. Well, let me, let me try to just flesh out these three commands. And I want to get maybe specific here. I already, I already talked about husbands. Kind of my, I see it in my own life. So let me get kind of specific with, with our husbands. Now, we all want our marriages to flourish. But guys, if we want our marriages to go kind of to that next level of, of greatness, we must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. In fact here's what i want you to do this week here's your i got an assignment for you i want to give I want, what i want to do i want to give all of our wives here if you're listening online watch this is for you as well i want to give you the opportunity give you permission to to come to your husbands, and so my wife will come to me and share one thing one thing that they believe would make our marriage better just one thing my wife has a list <laughs> and can overwhelm me a little bit. So I just want to start off with one thing. Maybe, and maybe not even the biggest thing. Find a win. I mean, just find a good win there. And husbands, here's what I'm going to ask you to do to, fu- to fulfill these three things. I want you to initiate the conversation. Don't, don't wait on your wife to come to you. Pick a good time when you know you can have, have a little time to, to talk. And say, hey, you remember that on Sunday you gave us that little assignment? Um, hey, honey, what's one way? What's something that, that I could do? Just one change that could maybe make a big impact in our marriage. And then give her your full attention. I mean, look her in the eye. Listen. Listen. Listen intently and with great care. Don't interrupt or, or interject let her share your job my job is to listen now you're going to want to now wait a minute here now are you don't 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 do it just listen just listen don't be defensive don't be dismissive seek to understand so you can ask some questions i mean are you are you saying and then help me okay i think you're is this what you mean by that and yeah, okay, now I got it. You can ask clarifying questions. Respond with love and acceptance. Honey, thank you. I mean, I, thanks for sharing with me. I needed to hear that. And then now take action. The last thing, take action. Make change in your life for your marriage. Seek forgiveness if needed. Set some goals. And then plan a follow-up. Hey, I'm going to work on that. You tell me I need to be a little bit more verbal in my, that's one for me. Yeah, I need to be a little bit more verbal in my affection. But, you know, I'm not going to get defensive. Well, hey, remember when I did this, this? No, no, no. I'm hearing you here. You want to you hear me be more affectionate. You need to hear those words, I love you. You need me to be willing to say, hey, I'm wrong. Will you forgive me? And I promise you, it's going to make a difference. Now you don't have to be married to do this. We, you know, in our friendships, we can also be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. So maybe it is your, a good friend, or maybe a coworker. Just go up and ask. Hey, what can I do? What can I do to be a better friend to you? Hey, what can I do to be a better? You know, go to your boss to be a better employee. We can do, and then you listen and you receive slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. A faith in motion is a visible faith that receives the word humbly. It takes humility to do that. I know that. Wives, when your husband responds, you, you may have to have a little grace. <laughs> you may have to show some grace. It's, a, it's two ways. We have to be humble. But secondly, a faith in motion is a visible faith that does the word diligently it receives the word humbly secondly it does the word diligently James 1 starting verse 22 he says be doers of the word not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a a man or woman who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what it was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, who who looks into the word intently, the law of liberty, the law that sets us free and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James is calling us to, you know, not just talk the talk. He's he's calling us to walk the talk the talk his words are very similar to to those that jesus spoke on the sermon on the mount and there at the end of chapter 7 jesus is kind of sum summoning it all uh, summarizing it all and he says that if you he says something like this if you hear these words of mine and you do them you're like the wise man who built a house on the rock and when the storms came and the winds blew it had no effect on the house because it was built on the rock. But if you're, if you're like the foolish man, what he did, he, he hears what I've just said. He hears the word and he doesn't do it. He's like, he's like somebody who built his house on the sand. And when the storms come and the wind blows, the house just crumbles. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 James, I think he has the same thing in mind with his illustration. The one who hears but doesn't obey is like the person who who looks in a mirror, walks away, and then forgets what he saw. Back in that day, they didn't have mirrors like we had. They usually used polished copper or polished brass. So even the, you couldn't see all the details, and they they go and look and they walk away, can't even remember. You know, was a you know, do I, do I need to pop anything on there? I mean, what, how does, I mean, is my my face, boy, I got more wrinkles. They just forget it. You just you walk away and you don't even remember anything anymore. James, that's his point here. It's like a, it's, it's, when he says genuine faith, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's not like being built on a house of cards. It's not invisible, like the invisible glider there. It's not like that. It's, it's visible. It's, it's able to be seen and taken hold of. Genuine faith hears God's word and, and puts it into action. I like how James describes the way we come to God's word in verse 25. He says, the one who looks into the perfect law. The, the sense is, it's, it's like to, to kneel down and, you know, get, get down real close and you're look, trying to look at this little pill bug and you get real down, and you're able to examine it. That's what he's talking about. It's like you get in the Word, you get down into it, and you examine it, and you're, you're, you're reading it, wanting to learn, wanting to hear from, from Jesus, and then not just hear, but once you hear it, it's like, all right, hey, that's a call to action right there. I've got to go do that. That's what, he's, what James is saying here. And what's more incredible in this verse is the promise that God makes to us. When, we, when we're more than a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, God promises that we will be blessed in our doing and in our obedience. That's why, husbands, I'm telling you, if you do this, if you do this, people, if you do this in your friendships, God is going to bless you in your doing. He, It's a promise right here. You do this. Doesn't mean it's easy. A faith in motion sometimes is hard. To, to leap out into your dad's arms is, it takes trust. It takes some courage. But it's worth it. You get, you land in your dad's arms and he swings you around in the feeling of, of joy and accomplishment. Yes, son. And there's this bonding that takes place. That is what it is to exercise our faith, to jump to get out and to do it, and God will bless. He will bless your relationships. He will bless your friendships. He will bless your doing. So how do we do the Word? Matthew 22, 30, uh, 37 through 40, Jesus said that all of the Scripture of that day, he was talking to a lawyer, and he says, all the, he said, what, what's the greatest command? And he's like, well, it can all be summed up in this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your your mind. And he said the second command is, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, love God and love people. Love God and love people. And this embodies what we here as a church, I mean, it embodies our mission statement. We exist, our mission says, to connect people to Christ to community, and to cause. We long to see people, we want them to, we want you to know and experience Christ, to find the freedom and the joy and the hope that that He gives us. We want you to connect to Christ. And then we also desire to see people people, um, connect deeply with one another in a community of faith. And here in this community of faith, in our particularly lived out in our in our life groups, we want the, that to be a place where where you can share openly, and um, you have you can be vulnerable and trusting of relationships. You can be encouraged and and built up. You know you're going to be prayed for. Again, our life groups that's the primary place where we where we live out that kind of loving one another, where we pray for one another, encourage and lift, lift each other up. And lastly, we, you know, we love God, we love, we love one another, but we want to love our community. We want to take the love of God, the gospel, into our community, not just our community of faith, into, into our world. We want to connect people to Christ community and a cause. Our cause is to take the, the incredible things that God has done in us, given us, set us free from our sin, has saved us, given us the promise of eternal life. Why do we even want to hold that here? The greatest cause is to go out and to share that hope and love with the world who needs it, with a community right here who needs to hear about Jesus, who needs to hear the good news of the gospel. This is the greatest cause that, that we could be a, a part of. Love God, love one another, love our community. It's the, in the simplest way. This is, what we, this is what we do. This is how we live out our faith. Loving God, loving one another, and loving, loving our community. Here at First Baptist, we make it our ambition to, to do the Word together. You'll often hear language. We'll, we'll talk about next steps constantly calling you to next steps life at first baptist can be summed up really in these three steps step one get connected step two discover your purpose step three join a team get on this great cause as susan shared earlier step one begins in our kind of our connect uh, gathering. Just right after the service, thirty minutes. I would love for you to be there. If you haven't gone through our Connect group, Connect class, thirty minutes. We've—I think my wife made some cookies right there. Okay, fresh baked cookies. Childcare. You need to be there, and you'll learn about our mission and vision, values, who we are as a church, where we're going, our structure, our strategy. You'll hear the heart. You can ask me questions. It's the first step getting connected getting connected, and then get in a life group. That's where life, life happens. And then lastly is join a team. We have numerous teams here at First Baptist. In fact, you've been touched by teams you didn't even know it this morning. Just this morning, you've been served and cared for by, by our greeter team, our safety team, our worship team our host team, our audio-visual team, our kids' ministry team, and I could go on and on, all these teams, people serving, giving and finding great joy and fulfillment and giving their lives away. If you've been, if you've been connected, if you've discovered, Man, here's who I am, here's how God's made me, and here's how I'm wired, here's how I like to serve, then, hey, we got a place for you. Join the team, get involved. And as you serve and as you do the Word, again, that promise, you will be blessed. You're going to be blessed in your doing. As we, we have felt it, church, right? When I came, we had you know, we, been through so, so much, and then we built some unity, and now we've, kind of, we've linked arms and we've gotten engaged. We can do more. We've got more ahead of us. There's more to be done. And there's such joy and such blessing in doing it together. James closes out our passage the very practical way for us to, to make our faith visible. He touches on the theme that he's, he's going to give a, a lot more attention to in verse, actually in chapter 13, about um, bridling or taming the tongue. So I won't spend a lot of time, I'm not going to spend any time on that. We'll get to that when we get to chapter 3. But here at the end, James tells us there in verse 27, that pure and undefiled religion, this is what it looks like. It's not a bumper sticker on your car. It's not a piece of jewelry that you wear. It's not even a church you attend. A faith in motion reaches outward into a world in need. The most vulnerable people in, in the days of the Bible were orphans and widows. They had huge challenges in just providing for themselves, and even, even just surviving. And we are to minister to the vulnerable. James is calling us to. He says, "Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this: to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, in their trouble, in their trials, in their difficulties." A couple of weeks ago, we talked about serving the young women who find themselves in an unplanned or unwanted pregnancy. Sure, we do want to champion the, the rights and dignity and worth of the unborn, but just as significant is to, to love and to show care for, for, those, for those women in those very, very difficult moments of, of life. Maybe they made a, a mistake, a choice, that, that, and now they're, they're struggling with what to do. Dad, the the father is like, hey, I'm, I'm not having anything to do with that. It's hard. It's hard. We need to love them. They're vulnerable. They need our care. That's why we have a benevolence fund here at the church. We seek to meet the needs. I mean, we give priority in our, in our own body. We have needs here, and we're able to respond to that. But then we also reach out into our community. I love when, when I came. It was. I came kind of at the tail end of the first wave of COVID. And it was such a joy to hear about some of the ways that you were caring for your widows and and shut-ins. Coming up here, getting food together and making those those trips out there and all those deliveries. Uh, Other people, when needs arose, I mean, you guys went out and, and met those. That's what we do. We put our faith into visible action. We don't just hear it, we, we do it. Our goal is not just a, a social gospel, social helps. We don't, we don't serve our community just to meet needs. We, we want to meet needs, and it comes out of a heart for love, but we want to ultimately point them to the one who meets their greatest need, their, be, their biggest spiritual need. We want to be able to by ministering to them open hopefully open up a door for them to to see jesus to see as to see the way he serves and loves that's why these uh these little cards right here we put them they're out everywhere and um you don't have to have a you don't have to have a i mean we're going to be doing things we're we're soon going to I think we're going to be taking some popsicles out to the band. We're going to be providing some meals uh, to our, all of our teachers um, at the new, two new intermediate schools. We've got some great things planned. ways we want to get in our community. Just love on folks. But you can do it. I mean, there's needs all around you. And when you see a need in faith, just go and respond to it. And take one of these cards and say, hey, we're just, th- throw us in. Hey, you're a part of this body. And say, hey, we, just, we love our community and I just wanted to, to love you. Hey, invite you to come, to come to First Baptist. Love to have you there. That simple. Share your story. Listen to their story. Listen to their needs. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Not only does this faith and emotion reach outward into the world in need, but it also reaches inward. What James says, to keep oneself unstained from the world. The world is pressing in. The temptations bombard us. Students, you're getting ready to go back into school and the peer pressures and the, the desire to, to fit in and the fear of missing out and all of the stuff there. It's, it's hard. And James is saying, hey, hey, resist that. Keep, keep your heart undefiled. Keep it pure before God. And really, that brings us all the way back up to to receiving the word humbly how do you keep our how do we keep our hearts pure we spend time listening to jesus spend time in his word friends a a faith in motion cannot be invisible an invisible faith is no faith at all so let me conclude with just by asking you a question in what tangible ways are you hearing the word and doing the word? What tangible ways are you hearing the word and doing the word? How has God, maybe even in this, in this time together, has God maybe spoken into your life and said, Hey, I want you, have you heard, hear me in this? And now I want you to go do this. Faith in motion is a visible faith that receives the word humbly and does the word diligently. If it's not your normal practice to spend time in the Word, let me just encourage you to to listen to his his voice by reading through the book of James this week. There's five chapters in the book of James. Each chapter, you can read it in about 10 minutes. So just carve out about 15 minutes, read a chapter, and say, God, and and listen as you read. Just listen. And then let something grab your heart and then say, hey, I want to do that. The this says that the implanted word is able to save your souls. This implanted word is the good news of Jesus Christ who lived a perfect, sinless life. He died upon a cross to pay the price of our sin. He rose from the dead victorious over our shame and our guilt over everything. And to all who would turn from sin and trust in him, who would jump into his arms, Jesus catches us. He saves us, saves us and gives us the promise of eternal life. Friend, if you don't know, if you don't have that relationship, jump. Don't wait, Jump. He will catch you. And friend, he will never let go. And there's no greater place than being in the arms of a Heavenly Father. friend. if you need a church home, First Baptist, it's a great place. It is a great place. I don't say it just because I'm the pastor. I love being here. I love living out my faith among these brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're looking for a church home, this is a, great, this is a great church. And again, I invite you to come to our Connect class right after the service. And for all of us, let's put our faith on display this week as we serve others. Grab, grab one of those cards. Go meet a need, share your story, hear a story, and let God be faithful in his promise to bless you and to bless our church as we hear and as we do. Let's pray.